Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it. This is the Bad Film Club, starring Holly Gordon and Shanae Navigela. Your feature is about to begin. Hello. Hi. How are you? I don't know, man. <laughs> so yesterday we had an announcement that we might be coming full circle out of lockdown, blah, blah, blah. I'm happy, but I'm also... Do you feel alarmed? I feel alarmed. I feel like it's um, a really nice, hopeful thing. You can be like realistically optimistic about it. So you can be excited, yeah. but you also can be very realistic about that it it's so far away and so much can happen within between now and actually us being fully out of lockdown and back to normal, as they say, normality. normality that the idea of it is super exciting. But And there's specific parts of going back into normality that I'm really excited about. But there's still a long yeah. way to go before them and it could easily be reversed. Mm-hmm. I will say, even if everyone is like sceptical or feeling however they feel, it was nice to see people excited. For the first time in a, in a yeah. in a, like a year. That's true. And that's true. I did actually see a very something to look forward to, right? Exactly. And I did see something quite funny online on Twitter. It said, uh, "Giving us four months warning to get hot for summer is the night the best thing this government has ever done for us." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mates. Yeah. So, I just think it's wild that that potentially we could go on a night out for my birthday. <gasps> It feels like a long way away, but also what we have, Amazing. we have a year, years worth of music to to dance to. I am so excited. Exactly. Dua Future Nostalgia. We have not danced to it at all, and I've been waiting so long for it. But yes, I the thought of going to a club is so silly to me. Isn't it wild? It's so exciting. Five minutes ago, everyone was like, don't breathe on me. And now it's like, oh, yeah, from the 21st of June, you can go into clubs and mingle with total you strangers. You know what's funny? Everyone is super excited for the 21st of June. It's a Monday. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. So it's just like, Babe. It's just, it's just like the, the Friday of that week will probably be. Babe, I have annual leave to take. I might just take the week off. <laughs> Do it. Do it. If we're, if we're definitely <laughs> free by then. There's a bit of it. Yeah. That there is a lot of me that is very skepticism but also very nervous because socializing Mm. is scary (laughs) yeah i just don't want to get on the tube that is my biggest thing i don't want to get on the tube though that they found no traces of covid on the tube recently yeah i saw that but i mean people are gross generally so i don't know (laughs) yeah until they like completely yeah. replace the whole tube underground with brand new, very pristine, clean trains, we're not travelling. <laughs> I mean, it's never happening. No. But we were, we, we were supposed to get new Piccadilly line trains like ten years ago. <laughs> we never got them. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway, hi. We're the Bad Film Club, and we watch bad films. Mm-hmm. I'm Holly Gordon, and I'm Shanae Navigela. And this week we are doing the 2012 film. This means war. <laughs> How did you feel about it? This film. Just in a word, in one word. Cringe. 
Like it was so cringy. Oh, massively. Like, I've never felt. And I am prone to secondhand embarrassment or secondhand any emotion. And this just, there was a lot of bits that just felt very, very uncomfortable and yeah. and just painful to painful <laughs> to watch as well. And it was yeah. like it's not even. It yeah. was like from the types of scenes they were to the actual dialogue to potential fashion <sighs> choices to the setting yeah. of what was happening and generally maybe I mean, we're gonna get into maybe all the storyline as well <laughs> don't you feel like the storyline would have benefited from being a school storyline you can see it happening with 16 year olds but for it to happen with people that are in their i think early 30s they're supposed to be i'm not buying they're it actual adults that are <laughs> that are basically Children. acting like kids yeah so essentially these two best friends work for the cia in los angeles they they work together as spies and they're also best friends outside of work. <laughs> and they basically end up dating the same girl, but they yeah. know about it and she doesn't. And so they essentially put their friendship on the line by trying to sabotage each other's dates. Mm-hmm. And it's this how far they would go. And it's maybe within the span of about a week and a half, two weeks this film. Yeah. And the spies are played by Tom Hardy, who is who plays a very stereotypical British guy. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, are we surprised that this is a very American yeah, film? Yeah, and his friend is played by Chris Pine, and then the love interest is played by Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Also, we should probably say that there's a subplot of at the start they break. Is he Russian? Heist. Russian, German. He's European. Yeah, some sort of vague white European man and he's part of the criminal underworld and they sabotage one of his plans and then kill his younger brother. So in the backdrop of them trying to fight over this girl, they then have him to contend with and he's looking for them and then they're trying to fight him off. And that's the quote-unquote action and spy section of the film. Oh my God, yeah, Wikipedia considers it an action spy film. There's no no mention yeah. of romance at all, which is hilarious because I completely forgot about the subplot until you just mentioned it. Because the whole yeah. you the most the thing that you see on screen the most is the romance, the relationship, the, the romance things. and stuff. Yeah, this film is crazy. This man. film was wild. It has not aged well. Not at all. No. Not at all, Holly. Like you said, it came out in 2012, which I felt like. Well, okay, no, it's nine. It was nine years ago, so Paul, but I feel still feel like anything past twenty ten feels recent, but it's not. Yeah, this was, this will be ten years old next year. No, I know what you mean. So, have you watched this film before? I have. Yes. Where did you see it? Did you see it in cinema? I, or did you see no, it I didn't see it in the cinema. I saw it at a friend's house. Yeah, and it was a big group of us, and I was actually very. I don't know why, but I was just really intimidated by Tom Hardy. Like throughout the whole thing, and um, <laughs> yeah. But I did. But while watching this for the podcast, I forgot there were bits of it that I really remembered because, mm. like you, as- you associate like specific scenes to a film. Yeah, and there were bits that I um completely forgot happened. I completely forgot Chelsea Handler's in it. Yeah, um, as like as Reese Witherspoon's <laughs> character's best friend. Yeah, and essentially her like soundboard and like a vice and, and comedic effect lady yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so yeah that's crazy to me 
but I yeah I watched this as a kid well yeah as a, when I was younger but I I was never like impressed by it to go back and watch it obviously no I watched this film in a uni dorm room full of women and we all <laughs> really and I really remember this because this is also one of my kind of bugbears of this film is that all of us were instantly turned off by Chris Pine's character. Mm. And spoiler alert, she ends up with him. Why? I don't know. But Thank you. All of us all of us were just like, don't like him. And didn't like him throughout the film. And I remember I was like, there was at least ten of us watching this film and a couple of guys. So we all watched it together in someone's room at uni and it was ridiculous. Mm. That really stuck with me. It's just Chris Pine's character is ridiculous and no actual woman would ever go for this kind of bullshit. So Mm -hmm. that kind of leads us on to the director and both screenwriters. Because when we rewatched it for this pod, we just sat there like, men wrote the script. 12-year-old boys could have written the script. But definitely, it was definitely two men that wrote the script. And yeah, it is. Mm, You can tell it's also directed by a man. Yeah. And it's written by Mac men. Yeah. Who who directed oh, right. for his uh resume, he directed <laughs> Charlie's Angels, the first one and the second one, Terminator Salvation, The Babysitter, and he was the producer of The OC and Supernatural and Chuck. Oh. Yeah. Supernatural's good, but the rest of it I don't know. I really want to do don't. Charlie's Angels on can we do it in a latter episode because i love it the 2001 yeah because yeah. i feel like that film is so bad that it's good but this film mm. was so bad that it wasn't good at all it didn't hold up at all at, at all and it's like you said very obviously written by a man you didn't even we didn't even need to google it but no yeah at all it was produced by will smith which actually made me cry laughing <laughs> oh i wish God, you could all see really <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but so it was its budget was $65 million. It made $156.5 million in the box wow. office. Do you know why? Because I think because it came out February the 17th. So I yeah. think it must have been one of those Valentine's Day weekend um, ones. Re- yeah. Weekend releases. And it's got two essentially hot guys fighting over a hot woman. So like yeah. back in the day, people probably just loved that. And it's not even. It's like 90, just over 90 minutes long, including credit. So it's not yeah. exactly a slog to get through. But I mean, it actually, felt like a slog. To it get felt through. like a slog to get through. I was not entertained. Shall I tell you some other interesting tidbit? Yeah, go for it. This will blow your mind. So other casting <laughs> choices for the two main men characters. I love these. I can't believe this is a list. Tell me. Bradley Cooper. Seth Rogen. <laughs> Sam Worthington of Avatar fame. Martin Lawrence and Chris Rock all declined. The fact that Seth Rogen was considered. <laughs> I don't even I understand have never, it. No, but my heart is being so fast. I have the biggest crush on him in my entire <laughs> life. I Oh, this would have been a very different film if he was in it, though. So, so, so different. I would have then said I liked it. <laughs> but like, I feel like he's done a similar film. He did that film with like Charlie Theron. Oh, the long shot. Love it, but I do feel like Seth Rogen being a spy and doing action would no. never happen because he's no. such a comedic actor, and he's also even his 
bits where he has to do action is comedy, comedy action. So I would have liked to see him in Chelsea Handler's place, though. That would have been great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, have like, you know, male-female friendships, normalise that more. Yeah, man, come on. She can have a... And he doesn't have to be gay to be her best friend as well. Come on. Exactly, guys. It's very possible in 2021. Maybe not 2012. They probably thought it was weird. Um, (laughs) Chris Rock, though. Hmm. I know. Very different film. Very different film with all of those choices. Even Sam Worthington. They would have definitely made him the British guy, right? I really feel yeah, they would have about been like, him. Oh, he's Australian, so he's basically British. That's yeah. Yeah. And they can't tell the difference between them. Is he um, a good actor? I don't feel like he is. I've seen him in one thing and I saw him in Avatar and I've never seen him in anything since. So I have no idea because he was basically a, he was like a, he was a blue lizard for most of the time. <laughs> I mean, Avatar is just Pocahontas, but we'll talk about that another time. But I don't even suggest doing Avatar. I can't sit through it again. Yeah, it's three hours long. I mean, the second one, how long have we waited for it? But I just can't imagine him in this. I can't imagine him in any other film. Although he did that really weird film of he's in the hospital. And anyway, I digress. We won't even talk about it. It's a very weird film. And I think people thought he was going to blow up and then he didn't, you know, after Avatar. And then we kind of mm. didn't really see him that much again. So yeah. he would have been a weird choice. Martin Lawrence. It would have been a different film. Yeah, very different. Very random casting choices because they're not they're not the same film with any of those people, you know? Yeah. Did you think that they probably wanted the comedy and the chemistry between the two guys? Mm. Um, so maybe, you know, for whatever reason, these two were the winner or well, the best chemistry. Quite odd. I also, I really like Chris Pine. Me too. I just don't think this is a very good... Chris Pine film. Yeah, yeah. it's not a very, it's not, you know, he's very talented. He's. A, I like he all three can... of them. And I think that none of them were great in this film. I actually quite like Tom Hardy the most out of all three of them. But I still don't think it was a great, you know? Mm, I do too. But I agree it's not. It's kind of like they had to. They worked with what they were given, essentially, yeah. and it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, and like so, and wondered if they were able to like maybe ad lib or you know mm, improvise lines, but I doubt it. Yeah, and I really don't feel like those are ad libs because they're just so cringy. You've touched on it already, and it was painful to watch. Mm. I also am griping about the fact that Angela Bassett is in this film and they criminally underused her. Massively. What a woman, what a performer. She had the first, like... Five seconds. Maybe, like, yeah, the f- but she had, like, was it the first line, if not maybe very early on, one mm, of the first mm. lines in the film. Yeah. And I wrote down in my notes, Angela Bassett. In Big yeah, Hatter, me too. Because I was like, obviously, I definitely forgot that she was in it because I only remember parts of this film until today. Yeah. And I agree, she was in it for five seconds. And she was a she was their boss. Mm. What she's supposed to be this like hardworking, you know, kind she's of She's a strong black boss. woman. That's what they've played her that's what they've made her, and she gets like five lines in this. But she could have they could have used her so much. More. I know. I know. Like, she could have had a bit more of impact mm. because she deserves a spotlight. I don't need to see like everything else. <laughs> I know. I just feel like, why bother using Angela Bassett if you're not going yeah, to use Angela Bassett, you know? It feels like a waste. Yeah, if, and it feels tokenistic as well. Again, aged badly. <laughs> yeah. So are there any, like, uh, are there any scenes or specific uh, moments in the film 
that basically justify why you think it's a bad film? I think all of it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and I don't want to be so general, but I just feel like, I think we've talked about it already, in that script is so unbelievably cringy it's like it was written by 12 year old boys Mm -hmm. there's lines actual lines (laughs) in the first minute and a half chris pine's character is called fdr i was about to bring this up why did they call him that i don't know and the english guy is called tuck which also what so tom hardy's character is tuck chris pine is fdr he introduces himself as the super slick guy, I think, it, it, they're going for. So he introduces himself as a cruise ship captain or something like that. So this is within the first minute of the film. And a lady literally says, permission to come aboard, captain. Hated it. <laughs> One and a half minutes into the film, Molly. I hated it. It was just like a, a script that was like what people think that men like without actually having ever met a man. Mm -hmm. I also was going to say that because of dialogue, like you mentioned, this film was definitely written by men for men. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, if I was in this position, I first of all would have given up ages ago. (laughs) The idea that they're like so confident that they can Mm. win a girl. Yeah, yeah. And And we have to compete for her. Like, we are men, you know? (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of like... fragile masculinity in this film oh, yeah that was really lame yeah <laughs> yeah like, like it was just it was just lame i was just like why Definitely. do you guys care so much like and i mean like fine also my biggest pet peeves with this film i think this is a bad film specifically because it has aged badly and it's it's not an interesting story no not at all but i also I just think that there's something so sad about male friendship written like this. Yeah. It's the same as women too. You wouldn't ever sacrifice a friendship for a guy. Not at Men all. shouldn't do the same for a girl either. Like friendships are way more important and way more like they're long lasting. Yeah. Basically just saying that I didn't like it because I think there was a it was just a lot lacking in it. Definitely. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, definitely. And I think that's interesting what you said about the friendship thing. Because I feel like a lot of this premise, I don't buy it because it's so easy to just let it slide. You know, like you realise that you guys are both going after the same girl. Just be like, okay, nah, we're not going to do this. It's not that deep. You you literally went on one date. It's not that deep. Yeah. And also we should say that, so Tuck, first of all, Tuck, what the fuck is that name? That's not a British name. I hate it. Second of all, Tuck is a divorced dad. Yeah. And so he decides to meet Lauren, who is Reese Witherspoon's character, on um, a dating site. It's called itsfate.net. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down because I was just like, and it's what? like the beginning of like dating. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the beginning of all the like online dating craze yeah. and all this kind of stuff. So all the jokes related to that are all about serial killers. Yeah. The skin suit one did make me laugh, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was like, what is the worst? I think Chelsea Hannah says, what's the worst that can happen? And Reese Witherspoon replies, skin suit. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, maybe that's just because we like skin yeah. suit crime. <laughs> we, like, we like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do find that the dating, I guess now we're, what, 10 years into the future and online dating and dating apps are the norm now. And yeah. have have their own place in the world jokes about dating apps specifically once obviously you still hear the horror stories of them 
but they don't land very well anymore. So anyway, my point is that they meet on a dating site and then they have a date. And then on her way home from that date, Lauren meets Chris Pine's character. Yeah. Because he go because <laughs> she's going to rent a film. I know. Was Blockbuster still around in 2012? Apparently so, my friend. <laughs> but I that didn't make sense. Don't know. Yeah. That didn't make sense. I mean, all, it means he, something she, different in America. <laughs> but so they meet at the video store because he's just lurking around, looking for girls to pick up and have a meet cute with. Bad plot point. This is why I actually just generally didn't like this film. Because all of the actions of both of the guys, no matter how nice they are, or like, no matter if we like the characters or not, every single bit of their, all their actions are creepy as fuck. Yeah. We shouldn't be scared of dating apps when, we, when we've got men doing that in real life. I know, I know. It's so creepy. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing because I think the only bit that you can really conceive of them having a connection is when she goes on the first date with Tut. Then this is the bugbear of the film, is that a lot of it feels coerced. So she goes down to a video store, Chris Pine's character's there, and she's just like kind of flirting with him and then she switches her track completely and she's just like I don't need you to pick out a film for me I can pick my own ones blah 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 and then he shows up at her workplace how does he know where she works and then won't leave until she agrees to go on a date with him which she hates when she goes on the date with him and then runs into her ex-boyfriend and so she's just like kiss me Obviously, everyone wants to look good when they see their ex. But a lot of stuff in this film is trying to make her character seem really sad and lonely and desperate at the start. And then suddenly she's got two guys chasing her. Again, as you said, it's aged really badly. And also it's just so chauvinistic and so obvious that a man wrote this film for men. I know it's under the guise of an action spy rom-com. But anyone that says that this film is for women hates fucking women. 100%. 100% because you've got that and you've like we said all the advice that is given to her is is there to make her feel like l- basically put her in a more difficult position because mm. she's not selling like she's single come out of a rela- uh, uh, we don't know how long she's been out of a relationship but she's single mm. and is career focused and that's apparent like that's written to be a bad thing maybe yeah. like like it's just like it's just the weird flip, and also I don't know. I feel like men probably also think that this is a girl's dream as well. Yeah, it's yeah. not. No, no, it's hard enough having feelings for one person, let alone two. Also, no. <laughs> but I do think that this film is interesting in that. Do you think that anyone else could have played Reese Witherspoon's part without getting slut-shamed for it? I think she was probably the right? best casting, to be honest. Yeah. Either that or she was like probably the only person considered, unless they've mentioned it and they've mentioned who they would also think. Yeah, I didn't see any other casting for her, but I was just thinking, when I think sexy and irresistible, I don't think of Reese Witherspoon, I'm sorry. I think she's lovely. I think she's a great actress, but when I think, you know, Chris Pine and... Tom Hardy fighting over a woman like in my head I wouldn't immediately go to Reese Witherspoon but then maybe that's her charm I feel like this is a very American centric movie and she's very like girl next door she kind of has that vibe but she's also obviously very attractive and in recent years definitely she's done that like straddled that line but I don't Mm. know was 2012 the first 
instance of that appearance for her because I don't remember like seeing her. I mean, I guess maybe she did it in Water for Elephants, but I don't know. Yeah. We know that she can do drama really well. We know that she could do comedy really well. But again, in a lot of her films, that the films that she's been in that I've loved, it's she's had one specific focus. Yeah. And like, and her characters have been, I would arguably, a lot more well shaped than this one. Yeah. But she's never, she, I get what you're saying. She's never the person I think of when I think of like a romantic rom com lead. Hmm. I feel like it was a smart move picking her because she straddles that line between lady next door and that kind of attractive. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't think of anyone else that they could have replaced her with, especially for the time, that wouldn't get vilified for playing this role. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's got two guys. She doesn't know who to pick, blah, blah, blah. She's having sex with both of them. You know, maybe Anne Hathaway could have got away with it. But I feel like that's it. Who else are you going to... Because it definitely wouldn't be able to be a woman of colour because they just either slut shame or tokenize her. So that's out. Also oh. made their quota with Angela Bassett. Let's be yeah, clear. yeah, exactly. They reached their quota. They were only allowed one person of colour in that whole film. Yeah, right. So. And then, so. like, you know, like what other actress would they have used? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of who's who would be in that position back in that time. Like, casting yeah. wise, who was like big on like the radar for actors? How old was I in 2012? Oh, I was 18. 18, yeah. Oh my God. I know. Um, had a midlife crisis. <laughs> I feel like not many people could play this role. And I think it is really interesting the way that it's kind of framed and stuff. Because it never, for a film that's written by two men, which I don't like any of the plot points and I think the dialogue's really cringy, I think they kind of did Reese Witherspoon a service in that she's never portrayed as being like... Um, they don't slut shame her in this film, which I like. But I think that's kind of no. like the only positive that I can give it. But I mean, the bar is so yeah. low, right? <laughs> the bar is very low. Like we're literally asking for the bare minimum yeah. in, as representation as women. Yeah. I wondered if, first of all, I was about to say, I wondered if the if that feels like the men have never spoken to women in their lives. Oh my God, different. 100%. And also I did actually, uh, you made a good point. I actually agree with it. They, they did her a service and they kind of, they, kind, they celebrated her in the sense that a natural progression of dating people is that you end up you are going to sleep with them at some point and mm-hmm. she ob- and evidently she was she wants that and because she's she's completely oblivious to this whole plat like the fact that they know each other yeah i think the main problem i have with this film is more the ma- male characters than reese with <laughs> yeah yeah i think she's i think she's fine yeah i think she's fine i don't feel like she gets considering the film is about winning her i don't feel like she gets that much FaceTime, you know, she doesn't mm-hmm. really have that much of a role to play because mm-hmm. even when she does find out that they're friends, her reaction's kind of stupid. I thought her reaction would be way worse. Her reaction was just like she just looked upset and sad, and she was all about trust. Yeah, yeah, trust is important, but it's just like it was like it was off. It was literally like five minutes after she found out that like the guy she did like, like mom, like parents had died when he was a kid. So it yeah. was like they tacked on that like a little emotional bit, yeah, kind of like in the third quarter of the film yeah. just to kind of because they've remembered that they they needed to add a bit of emotion in at yeah, the end to give yeah, it a bit exa- of like you know that's exactly it right. and they also had to kind of round out FDR's character because what it was that characterization like he would have never got the girl if he's they tried to give him like a character arc right attempted it really hate that name what does it FDR. mean FDR I don't know 
What is his actual name in this film? I don't know. Franklin. It's Frank. He's like Nick. Like the president. Is it a CIA thing that we are supposed to understand? But we don't. I, I have no. Chris Pine does not look like a Franklin. No, not at all. <laughs> Can I um, just say, did you believe hmm. Chris Pine's acting? Because I did not in this film. Chris Pine is not this guy. Like, what is this fake ass Bond suave type vibe that they're going for? That's obviously not Chris Pine. This is the issue with Chris. Not issue with Chris Pine. This is the issue with this film and, and casting Chris Pine because he's a very, very good actor, and I really like him. But the idea of him being like an awful womanizer <laughs> is so unbelievable. It's so unbelievable <laughs> that it's like. I feel like he's really trying super hard to make it believable in his yeah. performance, but it's not working. So he does look like a teenage boy. Yeah. He, he comes off as like very young, like too young. He's like, it's quite, a, it's quite interesting actually. Like they've both got really obviously dangerous and, you know, high stress job, which is takes them all over the world. But they're both acting like kids in their personal yeah. life. Is that? Yeah. So that's like. Men. I hate it. <laughs> Love you, but that isn't that is that is what you doing? Yeah, isn't it really? I feel like I hate this trope in film where the girl obviously doesn't like him at the start, and then magically she decides that he's the one that she wants to be with, and they do like a full one eighty. And I hate it because Tuck is clearly is the choice. There is no other choice. He's competing with himself. I was so annoyed (laughs) at the end where he made when she made her choice. Also, they showed the way they showed. Her and her cho- the way she made her choice. <gasps> I hated so- it. I hated it. It Ollie. was like I imagine the writers' room writing the scene, thinking they are hit gold <laughs> with it because, like, and they're like it. They'll never see it happen. They were it's probably like super re- pumped about it's, this. It's such a great action scene, and like we're gonna do. Do you know what we're gonna do? An aerial shot after the big crash, <laughs> the car crash. Essentially, two car crashes like happen, and they fly and like. The car is coming towards all three of them, and she has to choose which side to go to dodge the car. And then it's an aerial shot of all the smoke coming from the crash, which, sorry, special effects or whatever it was, fine. But they obviously were like, we want the smoke to cover up the answer for just a bit longer. But they obviously didn't put enough smoke in, so it just looked a bit stupid. Yeah. And then the smoke drifts away, and you see, and you just hear like off camera like noises and it's like they're all like oh you're right are you right and then you see that she's made the choice because she's ducked towards fdr and yeah. i literally was just like are you dumb yeah <laughs> like you i know are you stupid also so another thing she said on her first date with tuck that she was like oh keep talking i really like that voice is like <gasps> i know what you're to gonna say and i felt the exact and same then- annoyance <laughs> And then, like, ten minutes later, not even ten minutes later, she and her Chelsea Handler's character are in their kitchen chatting about all the flaws that they have. And she and he's like, and her floor, her tuck is like, he's British. And I'm like, make your damn mind up. Do you yeah. like our accent or not? <laughs> yeah. And then they use you that as a running gag, and I'm just like, nope. The idea that Americans are fascinated with our voice and our accent yeah. is so annoying. <laughs> It's so annoying. It's probably like I think I find it more annoying than getting mixed up with Australian accents. But they, but they obviously did it because um, they really made Tom Hardy's 
language choice for him. He said, that's lovely. So many times in the song, I wish I'd counted it. And stuff that English people don't say, so you know that this was written by American people, which is fine, but... I don't think it's as funny as you think it is, you know? It's not. It's it's really painful to watch because Tom Hardy also has a very specific London accent. Yeah, very is, Cockney. It's very, very Cockney. And it's from a very specific part of London. Yeah. And me and Shanana have London accents, but ours are very different as yeah. well because we're, yeah. we're from a different area of London. And so, and the way that people with Cockney accents speak is very, is is essentially like, a different way of speaking yeah. English. And I like the idea of like, I, it's like maybe the thing that we're taking with this is the writers are two men that have never spoken to a woman before and they've never spoken to a British person. No. And also they've just That's never it. met an actual human man. You know, <laughs> I don't know what this film was. Do you think was. it's based off their... <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't either. I don't. Oh. It was so painful. It was awful. Okay, can you tell me what your favourite prop was? Oh. Can I tell you mine while you think of yours? Yeah, go, go, go. The fucking swim-up pool in FDR's house. (laughs) Oh my god, add that to the list of... Again, this is like a teenager's wet dream. This is not a real life man's dream. Like, no, absolutely not. No one's having a pool go up as their skylight. It's creepy AF. And also, what if you have water damage? No, literally, my <laughs> mind went. <laughs> and there's a scene where they go to FDR's grandparents' ranch. I want to say, and him and Tucker there, and they're having a heart to heart. Then. He turns up at his own flat, which has one of those... This is also his second favourite prop. The (laughs) elevator opens directly into his flat. (gasps) And then he comes in and there's just a random woman swimming in it. So he's been out this whole day and then there's just a... What? I don't get it. Like, it makes me super nervous. I know. And he does actually, like, he walks down his kitchen and he does look up and I'm just like... Gross. Yeah. It is really gross. I I mean it's it's, it's such not a weird suave, thing. You know? Like it's no. not suave, it's so cringe. They've definitely built this house like out of Lego and imagined <laughs> it would be their house. Like, yeah. <laughs> they they were like, This is what I'm gonna be like when I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna have a swimming pool above my house so I can look at girls swim. Like, Ridiculous. I don't know, maybe we're basing it off too many actual, maybe more accurate films of yeah. the CIA and like dangerous jobs, but they did, they seemed pretty like lack security on a lot of things. Like they didn't need to come, like really hide away. Like they went on a lot of public dates. I mean, honey, they? they literally <laughs> use spy but- equipment for their own personal gain. It makes no sense. That's like millions of dollars worth of equipment and you're just sabotaging each other with it yeah but um my favorite i don't think i have one i think you kind of nailed it i think that was the only thing that really like took me by surprise (laughs) also i'm quite surprised though they didn't particularly use like proper high-tech gadgets that you would think they would like zone in on them and like show off like this is our new like turbo 180 gun (laughs) or something called camera Yeah, yeah yeah or whatever it is or like something like that oh actually wait my favorite prop is or the prop that I liked at least was the red car that they had to like hijack in the chase because I just really liked that car. Yeah, and I remember growing. I remember growing up wanting a car like that because it <laughs> looked because 
a convertible is so such a novelty, isn't it? Yeah. But who's having? Who's getting written. one of those in England? Come on. Exactly. I wonder what about this script was like. Yes, this grips me. I'm gonna make this film. Apparently, the script was read by screen, the screenwriter Larry Doyle. He read it in 1998 or before, and it got 14 years, man. But then, and that in the and then the draft, the protagonists were video game designers with access to guided missiles. What? Obviously, the story has changed a lot since. Wow. In the extended edition, Rebel Wilson plays Tuck's sister. No. They casted an Australian. They should they have done it. They should have kept her in. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I, if you had, I mean, we've kind of covered like the why it was bad. Mm. Did you have any scenes that you thought were good? I actually, um, I kind of like, oh, I, I can't. <laughs> no, I did actually, I didn't actually mind the scenes with her, with Lauren and her friend. Like, mm. I kind of liked watching them chat because they were kind of funny, but they weren't. They, they, there was still something quite annoying about the actual things being said. Yeah, there was something a bit off about them. I was just like, oh, whatever. the dialogue is shit. This is obviously not how women talk. Yeah, but I liked it. I liked that there were, it was like two friends. Yeah. Oh, actually, one scene I did really enjoy because <laughs> it's silly. Is one of the dates FDR took Lauren to see all this original artwork, <laughs> and his mic, his microphone got hijacked by Tuck. Yeah. So it kept he like obviously FDR doesn't know anything about art. You know. And I was like, if I and I was I would put myself in Lauren's position because that artist like, is amazing. Yeah, and they saw the kiss. I know. Oh my goodness! In real life, amazing. The culture of this film, honestly, <laughs> yeah. and. I really, I just found that kind of like funny. Also, just there's something just really hilarious to me about um, Tom Hardy laughing. I know <laughs> we don't ever get to, we don't really get to see it. But that one maybe more like the that was probably the funniest scene for me. Yeah. Um, and it was also kind of like one of the more interesting sabotage methods, just because it wasn't dependent on like gadget. And yeah. Crap like that. Yeah. But that's more memorable. The bit, the one scene I really disliked actually, and it's more because of movie magic and stuff. There's this really short scene that they're both just sitting in silence because their desks at work are opposite each other, and they're just chucking balled up paper into a bin. <laughs> yeah. And it is so, and it's like, and it's like at this point where their tension between them is really like, you know, building. Like yeah, stress. it's building. So they're. Anything or anything that they're doing is becoming a competition. Yeah. Which side note, I really hate. I really dislike it when men make everything competition. Yeah. And it was so obvious because I've tried to throw balled up paper yeah. into a trash can. Paper doesn't. First of all, doesn't fly that far because it's light. No. Second of all, does not make that thumping noise when it lands <laughs> into a trash can. So whatever the person, the who the director, probably choice of doing this. Decided to ball up an actual probably metal ball or small ball to get it so it aimed. I just like wrote, was watching this scene. It's probably like a three minute scene, if that. And I was yeah. just like, this is like, if you need, if this, this is the epistle, this is the exact description of what masculinity is. Like, it's so stupid. Yeah. I think like, oh, it really bothered me. I completely agree with you. I guess. <laughs> that's yeah. so funny. I was going to, I was going to ask, unless you have anything else. Say about I have bad. one scene 
But I can't decide if I hate it or I liked it. But she's kind of <laughs> like dancing around in just a jumper in her house. And then the boys are bugging her house, but simultaneously. So they're like dodging each other and dodging her, which I thought was cool as camera work goes. But in principle, I was like, this is horrible, firstly. Yeah. Secondly, no woman's at home on a Friday night just like dancing around in a jumper if there's no company. There's just so many details about that scene that she's by herself on Friday, so she's got a great soundtrack, the music's great for that. But she's like singing along. She can't rap, so she doesn't do that, thankfully. Reese Witherspoon knows what lane to stay in. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but there's like a bit where it shows her kitchen because she's making popcorn and there's like four wine glasses out. The whole bowl of bread. I was just like the, de- the, the details of her kitchen. I agree. Who is she hosting? What's happening? Yeah. That that scene really bugged me too, just because of how creepy it is. Yeah. Like, the I feel like also just before we move on to a different different topic, but like the whole concept of this film is so they decided to use their spy privilege to try and take each other out and yeah. to sabotage each other's dates without ever considering that their actions are actually really creepy. A hundred percent. How would the woman feel if they, she knew that all these guys, that these two guys, were snooping around her house and following her every move? Because it's not just that they um get break into her house and stuff and bug it. They also watch her from the CIA headquarters. <laughs> and track her movement and track her mm-hmm. and her friend. Mm-hmm. So this is actually what makes me think that she shouldn't have been with any of Either them. Either of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> so I completely agree because also, I think I said this earlier, the whole thing feels coerced because you had to trick her into falling for you because you found out what she doesn't like about you and what she likes about you and then you accentuated those things. So you're playing her from the get-go. I don't like this because I feel like it's a trick that's used a lot in rom-coms of like, how do I get the girl? I need to change myself, blah, blah, blah. But not in a way that's conducive to making you a better person, but in a way that's gross and creepy. And if someone did that to you in real life, you would run a mile. You're not staying with that person. You're not going on a second date. When you find out in the restaurant that they know each other and they've been competing, it's kind of like you're never seeing that person again. I wonder if the writers wrote this and thought, oh, women are going to love this because they would be flattered by it. Yeah, 100% Holly. And it's like actually, no, we're creeped out by it. We don't like this shit. And we just... We just really want men to leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, I feel like no means no. It doesn't mean try harder, stupid. It means no. Get the fuck away from me. Exactly. Anyway, so it's that really fun my... being a woman. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, could this be made now? Yes or no? And nope. <laughs> no, it could. No, it could not be made now. But. If it was made, obviously, before it got made in 2012, who would you have you've changed any of the casting choices? Now we also know that there were other options for the two male characters. Yeah. I would have definitely changed Chris Pine's character. Not because I don't like Chris Pine. I do really like him, but I feel like he can't play this character. He can't play a mean person. No. And also, he's and just sweet. not... He's not suave. He's just not. No. Also, they did the same thing to him in... um. <laughs> The second Princess Diaries film, they make him out to be like this horrible man. And then obviously, spoiler, they get together in the end and he's lovely, whatever. 
But like he actually has character development in that film. In this film, the character development feels raw fake and it's barely any. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just don't buy the suave persona that they're trying to make. Like, my man, you're wearing brown shoes, jeans and a black jumper with a blue shirt. Pick one. Pick one color palette. Like no woman is going after you. You're not GQ man of the year. Stop it. <laughs> his his eyes were insanely blue this whole film. And, I mean, he he does have that going for him. Yes, but I agree. He can't play an asshole. No. Um, the only I'm going to make a very specific movie reference, and I I'm not going to apologize. Okay. So he played Prince Charming in Into the Woods, which yeah. is a Disney musical film based off the musical. Yep. And he is the love interest for Anna Kendrick. Yeah. He and his brother, who is Rapunzel's prince, they are two rival brothers. And this is the one film where he plays slightly egotistical kind of dickhead. But he plays it really well because it's so satirical and it's so dramatic. And he yeah. they also sing on a waterfall. So it's really <laughs> funny. I remember going to see it in the cinema and cackling with laughter. It's yeah. so, it was so good and it was the only time it was believed mm. that's like the only time i can think that he's played it well every other time he just doesn't fit no he doesn't fit the i just bill. don't think he has that like smooth quality but for me he doesn't strike me as a like a ladies man you know like that specific character who could have done it paul walker could have done it better i would have liked to see paul yeah walker. paul walker probably yeah for sure gonna say actually Will everyone could have done it you know yeah who was like cute and attractive back in, the in day? 2012 right that's the issue my my taste in celebrity crushes is not for this film <laughs> yeah <laughs> if we if we if i've already admitted i have a crush on several <laughs> but i do think that tom hardy was good but would you have replaced him do you think uh i would i mean i could i could also imagine chris evans in this yeah, that's a good. That's a really good call, because he does play, he plays womanizer asshole very well in, in Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the Fantastic Four films, but he's also and in Knives uh, Out. He's also and in Knives Out. Yeah. Can I just say, I just had a genius moment. What if it was Chris Evans in Chris Pine's role and Michael B. Jordan in Tom Hardy's role? Yes. I would watch that film. Hollywood, make it. Yeah. <laughs> but make it, you know, without being sexist. Right. And Aubrey uh, Plaza as Reese with a spoon's role. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my God. Love that. Can you imagine? Yeah. And Arpana Nanchala as her comedian best friend. For sure. For sure. Do you think this could be made into a TV show? Oh my or god! Would I really be... wouldn't watch it. No, it would have been a bit boring. It yeah, it would be boring. But it also, like you mentioned earlier, it could have been like a high school film. But it probably, if it was like set in a TV show, like scenario, it would have been like one of those, like two or three episode story arcs within a <laughs> yeah. bigger series or something. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. It wouldn't, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't work. I found this film very boring on the rewatch, babe. So boring. Oh, we've been having that issue with a couple of films, haven't we? But this is the first film that I've actually actively forwarded it through because I was just like, I don't need to, I don't even need to hear the dialogue because I don't even need to know what happens. I know what's going to happen from the get go because it's so predictable. 
And it's not even enjoyable to like how you get to the end, you know? Yeah, I but I just didn't particularly. There was a lot. Uh, again, I mean, we say this like probably every episode, but there was bits of it that didn't need to be in it. Yeah. And it would have been the same film. Yeah. Also, FDR's grandmother is Rosemary Harris, I believe, yes. who is, who is, if people have watched the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, is Aunt May. She's Aunt May. <laughs> I love Aunt May. her. And a, it just always reminds me of that, like, that, like, bit where she's praying. And then the Green Goblin comes into the bedroom. Always makes me laugh. But like, I, I just was like, where? I recognise there was a lot of like little cameos of people. Um, yeah, that like the and girl, I was like, that, the lady that plays Scotty in Suits is Tuck's ex-wife. Mm, and Jenny Slate is yeah. uh, the assistant at Lauren's job. Yeah. Is there anything redeemable? <laughs> About this film, is there anything that we would reframe, like the narr- like any storyline we would do differently? I just don't think that you could make this film again. I feel like it just doesn't work. It doesn't hold up. The premise of it is really stupid. It's just not interesting it, no. enough to be made. Now, there's way more interesting and pro- and arguably more important stories to be told in cinema. Yeah, that- definitely. And even and even if we are trying to do like a little fun rom com film, that is supposed to be lighthearted and like an easy watch then there's a lot of other ways to do it yeah definitely definitely i'm about i'm also i'm just gonna i'm just also gonna say that the this film probably didn't make much of a cultural impact oh no people i feel like people have seen it but they don't really remember it no one's racing to go back to it no exactly what did you give it out of 10 i gave it like i gave it a two Oh, me too. I'm glad that we're on the same page. We're on the same page. (laughs) Okay, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Okay, so IMDb first, which is out of 10. I feel like it did well on IMDb. I'm going to say like six. Yeah, (gasps) 6.3. That's pretty close. Ron Tomatoes is going to be shocking, isn't it? 25%? Is it more? Shut up, it's 26. So you're like literally on yes. it. <laughs> this is crazy. This got a better rating than When a Stranger Calls. Yeah. At least <laughs> When a Stranger Tomatoes. Calls was in- enjoyable, not enjoyable, well, kind of enjoyable, as in it was entertaining. Yeah, I should. I, uh, I will say though, because obviously I have, we both have, I mean, uh, like we have the Wikipedia page up while yeah. we talk about this. And obviously when you search a film, all the different posters and stills from the film come up. The posters in this film are the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the, they're so silly and badly photoshopped. Oh, they're like I love it's it. from that spe- it's from that specific area of like late twenty two thousands, early twenty tens. All the posters were so like it was like whoever how many people were on the poster, whatever. So for this one, three. It was like three Barbies. Like they were literally like yeah. plastic. <laughs> they were so pristinely touched up. Reese Witherspoon looks like she's eaten like a piece of lettuce in the last like two months or something. <laughs> she's super skinny. And Tom Hardy is also made to look taller than he is because he's actually kind of short, which you know, yeah. which I noticed during the film. But I mean, tall. it's not a secret, you know, like we know he's short. I know Tom it's Cruise just... wants to hide his shortness, but Tom Hardy's never been like, oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to hide it. He's not. He owns it. I feel like he's. Yeah. The tagline for this film is it's spy 
against Spy. Both of them <laughs> with their arms crossed and arms crossed, holding guns at each other. Like, and then Reese Witherspoon is is in the middle you know, with her hands on in her the hips. middle with hips. Potentially, maybe there was like a wind machine in the photo shoot, so her, yeah. wind, her hair's a bit, you know. Yeah. Oh, so stupid. Oh, oh, there's another one, and we just we mentioned earlier that it came around out around Valentine's Day. The comedy starts Valentine's starts Valentine's Day. Make make war, not love. All right. Oh, wow. I hated it. Bad copy as well, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. God. It's it's not good at all. But yeah, so it got um some low ratings. Can I just say that I saw a review today, I think a Roger Ebert review, and then someone commented below saying, you're not the target audience for this. This film was made for women. And I wanted to respond, but obviously they've written it in 2012, so it's ridiculous if I respond in 2021. Whoever wrote that has never spoken to a woman in their entire lives. Like, what? Do you know what, actually? You can... And the thing is, we make, we've made that comment, like, about the writers, and now we're making it again about someone else. I will just say, it's not that we... We obviously know that they've spoken to women in our life. It's more about that they've never listened. They've yeah. not actively listened to us. Yeah. And... It's like all of these men, both the director and the writers, have women in their lives. Do you not ever listen to your female friends and how mm, they talk I about mean, like anything? And it's just like if you probably did for five minutes, you'd probably have a much different film. I know. I can't get over the fact that Seth Rogen was c- considered for this. This is actually mine. I know. Ever since I told you, I have seen it in your eyes. <laughs> I'm gonna leave you on that note. <laughs> Do you know what? I went to go and see American Pickle last year in the cinema. I've never been so attracted to Seth Rogen in my entire life. He was so cute. And I literally have never been the same since. I think it's because he's funny. Right. Let me just, let me like, he's funny, but it's also because he's really funny online because his Instagram, he's a celebrity, right? An actor. He's like there to, and all he does on his Instagram is be like, I made this vase today. I know. I I really like it. it. And I'm like, I love you. I love the fact that he's into ceramics at the moment. What a wholesome man. He's so talented. He's so talented. So jealous. Anyway. But yeah, there you have it. This means war. Yeah. Don't recommend it. Not even for a date night. No, there's a lot of, there's so many better films out there that will. Yeah, um, this is not the spice that you want in your life. Is it even (laughs) spice? No. Like. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all because they are trying to make them attractive. Yeah, attractive to my eyes, but not attractive to my ears or heart, you know? Or brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you specific- specifically like these actors, though, I would highly recommend the Star Trek series. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Tom Hardy and literally anything else. And for our two musical theatre fans that listen to this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> Into the Woods also is really good. <laughs> That's so funny. Basically, that's just me. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it.